blow the dust off your old games. Ready your light gun and press start on your controller as your hosts Alan Price and Chris Vint load up and deploy Operation Retroshock. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Operation Retroshock. I'm your host, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is your co-host. Oh yes, that's that's sorry, <laughs> that's me, co-host Chris Vint. Why me not like you? Every month we go through this with you not liking me and it's, stuff. It's because every single month, every single month, you do something to make me not like you. <laughs> what have I done now? I just sat here quietly. Hit, hit on my games, hit on everything. Alright, okay, so we'll not be covering Gran Turismo today. Instead, I'll get Jeremy Clarkson. Oh. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, episode 5. Yay! Need to make it to double figures before you get excited. You're, we're halfway there, so it is a bit of a positive step. It is good. Things yeah. are going well. But our second episode of our games... Our second episode of Sticking With Games, as uh, everybody will have heard in the uh, last episode... Episode we, 4. Yeah, episode 4. Yay. It's amazing. We can count. Yes. Uh, in the last episode, we are now going to uh, concentrate, uh, on the most part, on games. Yes. Love it. <laughs> I have no idea what to say to that. I really do not. I'm on... I'm, I'm kind of... You're on acid, I think. Yeah. You'd be playing the Beatles rock band, I'm on acid. <laughs> Oh, don't go over there with Beatles Rock Band. Uh, that was the uh, before Operation Retroshock. Yes, I still have it on my computer. So we release that as a bonus sometime, sure. Yeah, make, make, her, make ourselves look really bad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, enough jibba jabba, fool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, as we said, we're now going to be games f- for the most part going forward. <laughs> What's that noise? Is Doma, like a, Doma arigato, is that Roboto? like a transformer? Carry on. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be games for the most part, I think. Yes. That was all um, I from that. So today's show is going to focus on Animal Crossing for the GameCube. Yay. And also DS and Nintendo Wii. You're meant to be excited. Animal Crossing is one of your favourite games. Yes, and I will uh, parlay vous anglais and speak French as well for some reason. Uh, but I will show my excitement whenever we're actually discussing Animal Crossing. Right, I like governor. <laughs> <laughs> I've had too many sweeties today. Yeah, have. You have, you're on sugar high. A tea and crumpets. Fresh in governor. Oh, as Pixel Dan says, we're English apparently. So Hello, jolly good show. Yes. So I would like to say that it's nice for that Canadian to talk to us. What's that about, eh? <laughs> yes, that's pixel down. Nothing against Canadians. We actually love Canadian. I love hockey. Yes. Hockey rules, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, the second game that will be covered on... Uh, Is NHL hockey? No, it's not. <laughs> will be covered on the show. You never know, we may do that down the road. Oh, well, um, will be Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Uh, and that's actually a game that I sent to the pixelated one. The pixelated one? Yeah. Very nice. Uh, the third game, 
I'm going into a funky voice for this. Oh, every uh, time, right? It's Super Mario 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. He's, he's just looking at me now. Really, I, don't, really I don't know how to follow on from these blooming voices going like, It's Super Mario 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm trying to change it up a bit, man. Come <laughs> <Don't> on. <laughs> I actually don't know what to say. Uh, I would have actually expected more of Italian voice than whatever. It's uh, me, a Mario. <laughs> Okay, I'm really getting I'm getting looked at badly. You now. know that toad isn't actually edible. I think you've had way too many magic mushrooms. Magic mushroom. Okay, and the fourth game is on crashing and burning. And Literally in a car. Literally in a car because uh, <laughs> the fourth game on today's show is going to be the original Gran Turismo on the PlayStation One. <laughs> That's going to be Chris's go-to-sleep moment because he's not a fan of cars. No, I've played Gran Turismo 1. i played Gran Turismo 2. Fair enough. I went, what's that? Oh, that gets me more horsepower. What's that? Oh, that does the same. <laughs> what's that? Oh, that does the same. So, yes, um, as you can see, you'll probably notice that whenever we go to Animal Crossing, I may do more of the groundwork, and then in Gran Turismo, Alan will probably do more of the groundwork. But, hey, it wouldn't be fun if we weren't talking about games. That means something to us... Maybe not both of us, but maybe <laughs> Mario Three and will Sonic. be and Sonic will be ones that we will um, chitter chatter about rather than just going yes. Well, that was a good idea. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. very good. I like yes, that. Yes, we um, Anyway, we will go to the break and we will come back with Animal Crossing. Yes, on the DS and Weird GameCube. We we have it. <laughs> anyway, see you after this. Hi, my name is James Etook, and you're listening to Operation Retro Shock, which covers all things retro, much like Serial Geek magazine. Head over to SerialGeek.com to buy the glossy magazine dedicated to the cartoons of the 80s, like He-Man, She-Ra, Transformers, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc., etc. The true story. Of four friends pick to live in a video game. And find out what happens when they stop being themselves. And start being someone else. Animal Crossing. Crossing. Furniture Nintendo GameCube. Today I was like, let's redecorate the house. And I was like, maybe we should buy some furniture first. Nice outfit. Where'd you get that? A garbage dump? Uh, yeah. Welcome to Animal Crossing, the life game that's happening every minute of every day, whether you're playing or not. Winter's coming soon. Should I make pants for that? Ready to eat for everyone. And welcome back from the break. That music was absolutely awful. <laughs> Why is Animal Crossing music that rubbish? Animal Cro- Oh, he's angry. Okay. Uh, how often do you actually listening listen to uh, music in driving games? Often. No, you don't. Do. So whenever we're playing Outrun on my 360, do we actually listen to the Outrun music? Yes. Incorrect. <laughs> 
Incorrect. Animal Crossing rules. End of story. Next topic. Why are we just going to the next no, segment of the show no. now? Are we going to another break? No. <laughs> I go well, for a break for a while. Well, you just you just said next topic. Next question, I meant. Next question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> First question <laughs> of the segment. <laughs> This is, oh, people, I'm sorry, you really can't tell, this show is going to be really, really random, and I apologise. I'm surprised we have more than one subscriber with the way you get on sometimes. Yes, we have two, <laughs> me and him. <laughs> Okie dokie. To begin, Christopher. Yes. I'm only directed at yourself. <laughs> yes. Because I never played it, well, I played it for five minutes. Um, I do know the back story of it, and it is considered a... Very unique game of sorts. Yes, it is. Um, you create your own character. You name your own town. Explain. Basically, whenever you start the game, uh, on the uh, I'll focus on the GameCube version because that was the one I first really played. I played it on the Wii, but basically, the DS and the Wii versions are basically just the GameCube versions, either enhanced like in the Wii or yeah. kind of decompressed on the DS. So whenever you first start off on the Wii, um, or on the GameCube game, you're on a train and there's this cat you're talking to, and he's asking you, he's just basically chittering to you and goes, so what's your name? Uh, so whenever that comes up, yeah, enter what your name is. So, mm-hmm. for example, I just entered Vinto with mine, and he says, okay, so I see you've got your bags, where are you off to? I see you're off to a new town, where are you actually going to? So then you enter the ta- the name of your what you want your town to be. For some reason, I have no idea why my town was called Remen. 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 Yeah, I have no idea why. Was it like? Was it probably like a default? Name I think or it was. Possibly? No, I think it was. No, you d- type it in. So after, I think I was watching Friends, and it was the episode wherever Chandler went to Yemen, and I just like the name Yemen, so I thought <laughs> I'll just change it to Remen. So. Basically, you get there and you're met with um, the mayor of your town, and um, he says you have to go and meet. Is he a giant dog? No, he's actually a uh, tortoise. Ah, with a hat and stuff. So basically, you have to go and meet um, Tom Nook, who runs a local shop. That name rings a bell. Was he in the DS one as well? Yes. All right, that's why I've seen him. I played Um, the DS one for a bit. Basically, whenever you've done that, um, he he gives you a house, but you have to pay your mortgage, so it's kind of like real life. What? Well, honestly, please, please explain to me. Where's the fun in that if you have to pay a mortgage in a game when you, more than likely, as most people will experience in their life, pay a mortgage in real life? But you can't. You can't go into Mr. Tom Nook with coconuts and apples and think here. And a bunch of coconuts. And say here, I want to sell these, and he goes here, have a couple of grand. We went into the shop so, and say... It has to be some hell of a coconut to be uh, a couple exactly, of grand. Exactly. But um, he gives you a house, you pay a mortgage. Um, there is ways around it, you know, if you have, like... An action As you twiddle your finger in a circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, macho man, yeah, dig it! Um, so, with the likes of, say, the action replay, you can cheat. Um, you didn't. I didn't cheat, no. All oh, right, so you were boring and just playing. no. I cheated to get some of the cool stuff that you saw in the basement of my GameCube, oh, yeah. like the Nintendo Star and stuff. So basically, once you've done that, you have to run errands for Mister 
Tom Nook, and then once you've done, once you've done that, he uh, kind of sets you free, and then it's just up to you what you want to do. Whether you want to go and chat to townspeople, or whether you want to go fishing, or whether is you want it, is to. It, if I remember rightly, is can you like extend your house or something, or am I just reading <coughs> yep, this? Whenever you've paid off a certain amount of, or whenever you have a set mortgage, so say your first mortgage is ten thousand bells, which is the currency. So once you pay that off, he'll say, "Oh, very good, you've paid that off. Would you like to?" have another you know tier on your house with like an upstairs or a downstairs mm-hmm. so you'll have a basement and then you have an upstairs so I have three floors in mine so the upstairs is my NES collection and then downstairs or middle is just like my living room and then downstairs is all the crap basically of the day very nice yeah. you and your loads of rubbish in the basement <laughs> yeah um, I have a pool table I can't get at <laughs> another uh, thing with the GameCube version which was expanded upon on the Wii via obviously Wi-Fi and the like was uh, being able to visit other towns. GameCube specifically, um, this was done via the memory card, so you know you can bounce between somebody else's town and your own. Yeah, basically what happens is <coughs> you can't do it on the DS versions as well. My sister and I did it, and it's good fun. Um, on the D, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> just edit that. Please, out. please excuse. <coughs> Please excuse him, everybody is uh, getting a d- touch of the cold. I always seem to have the cold whenever we're recording this. Um, so on the DS version, you can actually visit each other's time, but you can actually run around together. On the GameCube one, um, where you have the two memory card slots, you have yours in memory card slot 1 and your friends in memory card slot 2. So then it's a case of you going from your town and then going to where the train is and they'll say where you want to go to the name will load up you go there and you can actually talk to the other people and stuff now whenever you do that it's very cool the fact that if you get attached to I know that sounds really stupid <laughs> if you get attached to really um, certain um, a certain town's person they can actually move towns mm-hmm. so like whenever I visit my friends mm-hmm. uh, whenever I say I saved it and switched it off the next day whenever I check my mail because you have a wee mail box outside your house right. when you check that you'll have a letter and I'll say like hello Vento um, Remen isn't enough for me so I've decided to go to Priceland say um, I've decided to go to Priceland and live there uh, hope to see you soon but mm-hmm. it's really smart that if I then visit your town and they're there they'll say hello Vinto it's been ages since I've seen you if you switch it off and you haven't played it for a while yeah. it actually remembers how it's been like three months since I've seen you where you've where have you been have you got fat or something <laughs> like that isn't there something as well about like weeds will grow and all as well they are a pain in the ass <laughs> <coughs> if you haven't played for a good couple of months <coughs> you have the weed weeds everywhere, so you have to go around and press B to lift them all up. Apparently, you can meet a ghost, and the ghost will actually get rid of them for you. But I've never seen this before in my life. You've never got to meet the friendly ghost. No, Casper is not friendly. Casper's not in the game. No. Um, another kind of part with the GameCube one, it's quite similar to we spoke about. Obviously, the Pokemon games, primarily Red and Blue, in the last episode. Um, the idea of with Pokemon you can put the Game Boy Advance game in and yep. do stuff like that mm-hmm. similar with Animal Crossing that you could put you could link up the Game Boy Advance um, and that would allow you to visit you know like an island and get hidden stuff and all that <coughs> stuff. yeah um, basically what you do is at the edge of your time whenever you go down you'll almost have like a pier and there'll be um, 
a wee guy there and he'll say do you want to go wherever it is and he'll say yes you it loads up in your Game Boy and then you go across and the island will say like it'll have a fruit that you don't necessarily have say like mine had coconuts so it means you shake the tree you put it in your bag and then you go along and you plant them somewhere and there's also the likes of say um it's also the likes of say um like hidden stuff that you dig up you know like you could dig up fossils and you That's take cool. them to the museum and then they say oh this is like a T-Rex's tail so you actually can say I want to keep it or you give it to them and they put it on a display oh so you can like collect the different pieces and then create like a full like T-Rex skeleton yeah you can you do that with the uh, the fossils the fish and the uh, bugs as well so uh, something like that there it's more like you contributing to the museum but it's really fun to do but as I say the likes of that there uh, on the island it's a very small island but you'll get stuff that you don't have on your actual town so it's the same with the obviously with that there um, on the Wii version you can then move your DS town to the Wii but you need to have um, you need to have uh, a set um, mm-hmm. if you have a, a PAL Wii you need to have a PAL yeah. a copy of the DS version as well and then you can move your town across and then you can visit the um, village and stuff and get your hair done or whatever tickles your fancy <laughs> get your hair done yeah exactly get your hair did you do that you get your hair done quite a lot don't you I do yeah <laughs> um a key part which I think um, and something I've always picked up with Animal Crossing is uh, the interaction between characters has always been a very standing out part of the gameplay yeah I mean you have so many different characters in your town you'll have like say I have a rhinoceros who is called Spike but wears a dress oh dear yeah I have a frog called um, Kermit no, he's called like ro- ro- robot or roboto or something. But he see, you're just saying that now because of Masters Universe Chronicles. Yeah, well, he's cool too, and so was this wee dude. Doma Arakato, Mister Roboto. But he was—he's like he'd be one of my favorite towns people. Right. But then you have different characters like ducks and things like that. But but then you'll go up to them and you'll say hello, and they'll come up. Do you want the chat or do you want you know? Do you need anything? And they'll say. You know, like, say, one of my ducks is called Joey, and I'll say, like, can you go and meet Spike? Can you go to Spike, and he still has my photo album, can you go and get it back, and then give it to me? So whenever you go and get it off Spike, and then you go and give it back to him, he'll give you something. He'll give you, like, wallpaper, or, like, um, new flooring, or something like that. So oh, it, keep, it keeps you playing on, you know, something like that. But, as I said before, it remembers how long it's been since it's seen you. If I was to put it on now, I'll say, like, you know, I haven't seen you for a year or something like that but it's just it's just really fun and it was the first one that I played where it kind of interacts with you and it remembers things you know it'll say like oh I haven't seen if somebody's visited my town say you visited my town I'll say where's Alan I haven't seen him for a while I hope yeah. he's okay oh bless they you know. care about me well I don't know you so oh. <laughs> they wouldn't care if they didn't um, but as we kind of mentioned that um it also came out on the DS and the Wii. Was there anything that stood out to you in particular that um, was improved upon from the GameCube version in either the DS or the Wii game? Not really. I mean, 
for me, I think they should have really done a different Animal Crossing for the Wii. Obviously, a lot of people had the GameCube and then had the DS after having a Game Boy or whatever. So, I think the Wii version was a bit lost because they were basically the only thing that was different <clears throat> was the um, village that you could go to, as right. I say, you know, to get your hair done or to buy antiques or something like that or to go to like a bidding thing. <clears throat> but the DS version was very good because you could take it on, you know, you could play it on the go. You didn't have to sit in front of your TV. You could play <laughs> it wherever. Um, but that, I just like the fact that they shrunk it down yeah. and made it more portable and things like that. Uh, as they do, it's, it's, it's Animal Crossing is the perfect sort of wee game for something like the Nintendo DS. Yeah, because the the way you control the character, you get it on the move around the screen or whatever. But if you're picking stuff up, you just touch the double screen and then you know it'll. F- fire, you know, like it'll... A bit quicker for getting the weeds out. Yeah, but if you double-click the screen, he has the shovel in his hand, he'll dig up a fossil or whatever, plus the fact that on the top of the screen you'll see, like, wee parcels floating along mm-hmm. that have, like, a, a balloon attached to them, so he can actually buy a catapult, a catapult and th- fire oh, upwards, okay. and then the parcel will fall down, and then you oh, get to pick up whatever it is. Nice, so and, nice and different. For me, the, it would be GameCube DS Wii versions in order... Order of superiority, the way being the last, obviously. Radio, fair enough. Um, but a bit of a silly question, <coughs> but one, the biggest memory that stands out from it, probably, um, you're probably going to say about you and your sister. No, I'm not actually. No? Uh, I'm going to say the first time I visited my friend's town oh, right, was because I didn't expect the townspeople to move. So whenever I went back to my house, say a couple of days later, and I switched it on and started playing it, right. one of my townspeople had moved. And whenever you bring up your map, it'll show you know, like saying quadrant B three, you have Joey and Angelina living or whatever, and then. But then you can also see that there's new people. All right. So then you go down, you introduce yourself, and be like, "Hello, my name is whatever. Pixel Dan. My name is Dan, and <laughs> I'm I'm a big cuddly bear or something, or a cuddly be- cuddly bear who likes to wear dresses. Um. So then you introduce yourself to him, and then he'll say, you know, like, "Hello, blah blah blah," and then away you go. There's also different days. Um. Whenever it's um. Whenever it's your birthday, you get gifts from townspeople. Yeah. Whenever it's Easter, they know stuff. Whenever it's Christmas, there'll be snow. It's very seasonal, you know, like it can rain, it can snow, it can whatever. Um, there is also set days, like there's ones to do. There was one to do with um, fishing. So whoever caught the biggest fish would win a prize. So I won a prize and got like a wee trophy thing that you could display in your house. And if you ever pay off your mortgage, you get a gold statue erected in your honour as well. Ah, oh, bless. Only statue you'll ever get erected in your Yeah, life. probably. <laughs> um, final thing. Uh, Ford, do you think it'll be a game that, um, not only by yourself, obviously, but by others will be fondly remembered in, you know, say, ten years' time? Yeah, because it's something that it doesn't matter what age you are whenever you play it. It's perfect for, say, seven or eight-year-olds because you need basic reading ability to play it because it is very text-heavy. If you think of it, compared to Pokemon, you know, Pokemon is very text-heavy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that's fondly remembered because 
a mother could be having her DS and a kid, and then they could visit each other's town, and then you could write a letter and put it in their mailbox and say something, you know, like, I'll see you at dinner time, mummy loves you, or something like that, and it's it's just something that... If so they, it's, it's another part of Nintendo's reaching the all ages. Yeah, but it's something that they've done really well, but they need to... to as we were talking about Pokemon, they need to bring out another proper Pokemon game, like, on the... On the on way, console, yeah. they need to do another Animal Crossing, but really make it different. You know, like obviously keep your key, key elements there, but why not live in a city? You know, like why not live? Yeah, well, in, that like, would be good instead of like just a village. Yeah, why not live country, in like yeah. a why not live in a, an apartment block? Or at least, um, at least give the choice or something like that. Yeah, if you do want to live in a village, do you want to live here? Do you want to live, you know, like, I don't know, do you want to live in a tent or something like that? Animal Crossing goes camping or something like that, or Animal Crossing on holiday. Hey, well, you've heard it here first, people of Nintendo. If you do, we'll be watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's something that I'll always fondly remember, and if it wasn't for the weeds, I would play it all the time. More. But it's just something that you could play for five, ten minutes, you could play for a good couple of hours, but... Uh, just watch you don't get stung by the bees. Because if you shake the trees, sometimes if you shake trees, money comes out. But if you shake the trees, sometimes bees come out and sting you. So if you're, then your eye closes over, and then you go to talk to townspeople, and townspeople jump up and go like, Oh my god, Finto, what happened to your eye? And then <laughs> you have to go and buy medicine, or just go to sleep. Just go to sleepy bye-byes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty much Animal Crossing sorted out. Yep, um, it's just a game that I truly love and it's one that obviously in the GameCube one came out quite a bit ago but um, obviously we try to capture games that really mean a lot to us and Animal Crossing is one that I've always fondly remembered and will always remember you know whenever my niece and nephew get to a certain age and they want to start playing games that'll probably be one of the first ones as well as Mario that they get introduced to and I think it's one you'll say if they eventually release another one. It's one you'll run to get. Yeah, depending on what it looks like and stuff here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of running, oh. after the break, coming back. No. Ah, see what I did there. Oh. See what I did there. Speaking of running, our second game off the show will involve a little hedgehog by the name of Sonic. 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 Sonic Adventure on the very. Um, Underrated. Yes. Yeah. Very true. And uh, sure, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Blue streak speeds by Sonic the Hedgehog. Too fast for the naked eye. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, he can really move. Sonic, he's got an attitude. Sonic. Hello and welcome back from the break. 
it is now time for me to drop the silly voices. <laughs> I really wish you would. <laughs> and talk about Sonic Adventure. Yay, on the Dreamcast. One of my all-time favorite. Why is it both my consoles that I really love are both dead and buried? Like GameCube and Dreamcast. of death. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Here, I'll unpuck her up, will you? No, don't come near me. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, yep, we're talking about Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast, the most underrated, I think, in recent history console. No, I said the GameCube. <sighs> it always has to be complicated. It can never, ever agree. It's called such a thing. Difference of Opinion. You're not allowed it. Alan. This show is not, you know, you have the public right of opinion. This is Alan Price rules on this show. <laughs> I will rule you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He's just going silent now. Yep. Um, anyway, we'll jump right into it. Whatever. Um, I didn't have a Dreamcast. Yep. Uh, well done, Alan. <laughs> when Chris was thinking up the questions. Uh, you, you enjoyed Sonic Adventure, didn't you, Alan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Automatically decides... Oh, why isn't, why isn't the first question about was this your first Dreamcast game? And then I was like, five minutes before we decided to record, um, Chris, you know I didn't have a Dreamcast. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then he was like, ah, oh, crud. But I said it doesn't matter because it was a game I absolutely still played to death at a friend's house, so it doesn't really matter. But, Chris. Yes? Primarily directed to do this question. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> because <coughs> you had the Dreamcast, obviously. Yep. Um, was it your first one? Because it was was one of the launch titles. Yes, <clears throat> that would have been the first one. I remember Christmas morning, get my Dreamcast and sitting downstairs and playing Sonic Adventure. I can't really remember any other games that I got as well as Sonic. Um, it might might have been might have been House of the Dead, but <clears throat> no, it was Sega Bass Fishing. I tell a lie. It was Sega Bass Fishing and Sonic, but Sonic was one that was primarily played. At the same time, when I got my GameCube, first game I played on that was Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron and Luigi's Mansion with his Hoover. No Mansion, uh, but yeah, Sonic <laughs> was the first game I played and loved it to bits, um, up to a point, which we'll get on to later on. Radio. Um, even though I didn't have a Dreamcast and it wasn't my first game, I always remember, uh, as a jolly youngster, um, Is that voice again? <laughs> walking into uh, the local game store, for which I now work for, um, well, the company anyway, and this, this store years ago used to have, do you remember when widescreen TVs were as far you know, in length, depth-wise, as they were wide. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones that you would have to lift and basically have a hardy replacement <laughs> on standby, yes, yeah, I remember it was them. It was like a 50-inch, um, it would have been rear projection screen back then, because of the size of it, um, and the game store had Dreamcast always hooked up there, and I was one of the typical children that we now despise... That's why we, we disconnect the controllers. Now. Yeah, that's why we now disconnect the controllers and work. Because we are evil. Yep. But I was the sort of child that would have walked into the store while my mum or my dad or whoever I was with was around doing the shopping. I'd just walk into the game store and start playing Sonic at this time of you know my life. And I absolutely loved it. Because I would be standing there and I think I remember once... <laughs> 
the store, it was in the evening one night, and uh, this is the story I was talking about in the last episode. Well, <laughs> oh, I have a story for the next, for Mario, which is something similar to this. Um, I was in the store, playing away, completely lost track of time, and then I just see them getting the Hoover out and all that sort of stuff, and then I realise that the shutter's like three quarters of the way down and I'm still playing the game. <laughs> and uh, they didn't really care, unlike us nowadays, where we just said, Oi, we kid, get rid. We'll get out. <laughs> get rid. Get out. We wanna. We kind of wanna go. Go home. home yeah. Um. They were kind enough and just let me play away. And then um, that was kind of where my obsession with a Sonic game came from. Um. An interesting thing with the Dreamcast was that has never been replicated as you know as such. Would be the whole idea with the Dreamcast memory card. Oh, the VMU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just the fact that you could put the memory card. It's really weird because the way you put it into the controller, it was like upside down. So whenever you put it in, say with the likes of Soul Calibur, whenever you were playing as say Kilik or whatever, that's the only one I remember, or Nightmare. The wee character would appear there, and I was the same with Sonic. Sonic, you got like I think it's pronounced Chow. Chow. It's like one of the wee things. Or Chow, is it a Chow? Chow or Chow or something. It's been a while. Yeah, um, basically it acted like a Tamagotchi kind of version on that, and you could actually play with it on the VMU. Of course, nowadays with the Dreamcast being older and us being a lot wiser and wanting to save money, whenever you put the VMU in and you switch your Dreamcast on, all you hear is beep because the batteries are near dead. Uh-huh. Uh, I never replaced mine, so what do you do? Limited lifespan. It does near enough, but uh, it's just something. It was just something that was really cool then. Whenever you were playing it, um, it was the same sort of time that Tamagotchis were huge. As yeah. Well. Yeah, and there's obviously the likes of Pokemon brought out, like, uh, like it was a Pikachu, like Tamagotchi kind uh, of it thing. Was, it was similar to like the Pokewalker is now, the yeah. kind of pedometer sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I always remember the main way I always used to play Sonic and Dreamcast was, again, uh, the same friend that I played Goldeneye with. Um, we might I as well did, just get this guy on the show instead I know, of you. I, I didn't. I I didn't use him at all. Don't worry. I didn't use him for his gaming consoles or anything. Nobody knows that. Um, this, he is loves you. this is making me feel like I had a very underprivileged childhood. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go and complain to my mom and dad. Yeah, just say you want a Dreamcast and GameCube bought for you immediately. I, I want it now. Yeah, I want to say you'll me you'll make back pay. <laughs> back pay. Yeah. Oh, well, at least it wouldn't cost that much. Now you get a Dreamcast <coughs> a wee bit more nowadays. Hmm. But uh, anyone on the Pop Culture Network want to hook Alan up with a Dreamcast or a GameCube? Feel free to do so. Well, I have a GameCube now. Oh, you have a GameCube. Oh, you could have got a free one there. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I always loved the whole idea about. I at the beginning didn't understand this whole thing with the Chow things. I was just running around, um, you know, in the actual game where it was like was it, it was like a conservatory or something? Was it? Yeah, I remember. It kind of, I remember having like a glass ceiling and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're running around and chasing after everything. I always just used to love running about and trying to catch it, you know, them all. <sighs> um, that's probably why you like Pokemon so much. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was that was probably that was probably the main reason. Mm-hmm. That was probably the main reason. Um, but uh, enough of the wee kind of side track of uh, Sonic Adventure. We'll jump into 
what has been a very memorable level when it comes to Sonic on uh, anything that isn't 16 bits. Mm-hmm. And that is the first level where you're running along and the killer whale comes chasing after you. Yeah, it's just the first time you play that and you see that jump out of the water and basically like, ah! <laughs> whenever you run across a bridge the bridge is disappearing behind you so you know you have to go full pelt you know you can't just plod along but that's what Sonic's about Sonic's about going 100 miles a minute speed speed's what we need yeah basically if you think of Sonic as burnout on legs that's the best <laughs> no, that's way, sweet like that's that. the best way to think of it because you have to go so fast and you have to have Really, qu- really quick re- reflexes to jump on like the the uh, springs or to jump on the enemies or to elude whales. But I remember playing that and just going whoa whenever that like jumped out of the mm-hmm. water at me it was just awesome. Because I remember it was one night when there was a group of us around here, and I just wanted to kind of have a bit of a game night. And you had all the consoles set out. You had your Xbox, you know the original Xbox. You had the Dreamcast. You had the GameCube hooked up. All of them, and we put on the Dreamcast primarily to play this level Mm -hmm. and uh, I hadn't played it in goodness knows how many years and it just comes rushing back to you and the enjoyment of it Um, just seeing what it was like then because it was again the Dreamcast had kind of taken the next step in terms of game consoles when it comes to graphics Yeah, I think um, at the time the Dreamcast Obviously, you had the PlayStation N64 and Saturn, and then the Dreamcast was the you know Sega's one after the Saturn. Obviously, the Saturn didn't do particularly well, and unfortunately, the Dreamcast didn't either. Mm. But it was a nice, vibrant, bright game to play. Something that you didn't really get unless you had a Nintendo console. Yeah, because the likes of say this gives some people a choice. Yeah, because like on. The the Saturn the only Sonic game I can recall is Sonic R, which was the racing game, which was absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, but that, playing this and just seeing the you know the next generation graphics and how bright it was and stuff, um, obviously it was just really good. And it was sad that the Dreamcast came to an end, obviously because it was it was pretty much the downfall of. Sega for the next good few years yeah. until we had the bit of the resurgence in the past few yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, every every company has made a faux pas, you know, like Nintendo aren't the brainiest company in the world. Fair enough, they've got a lot of especially stuff, right? Na- especially nowadays. Yeah, but then they've got the, they had the Virtua Boy which was released in Japan, which was, the, I had one of them and it was the most chaotic thing. <laughs> Basically, if you picture those, do you remember those things you used to hold up to your eyes? Yes, and you used to flick down. They had like the reel, and then it would go round. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. I can't remember what they're called. Um, but basically, if you looked into that, but you had red and black graphics. Ugh. Try playing that for half an hour without, like, get, without getting a headache. Or having but, a seizure. Exactly, but you know, like the Dreamcast was a great console, and Sonic was one of the games that, uh, like Animal Crossing, was one of my favorite on the GameCube. Sonic was one of my favorite on the Dreamcast. Because you have to kind of think as well if the Dreamcast had done a bit better where would the gaming industry be at the moment yeah I mean it's obviously the PS2 is coming to an end um, but it's a console that you know died in inverted commas mm-hmm. it never really saw an end um, there was a lot of ga- good games that were released in Japan and stuff but 
I think another thing that was downside was the piracy. That yeah, so so easy. I think it has to be one of the easiest consoles to pirate. Yeah, and that's just that was majorly so one of its downfall. It's because I remember, unlike the likes of with say a PlayStation or all that sort of stuff, where you had to physically get the console say chipped. Yeah, it was just a disc. Just a disc, but even then, some sometimes you could just get a game and pop it in. Yeah, just on a CD and it would work. It's that's the it's the sad state of the gaming industry a lot nowadays. That's why PC games as well have really been yeah. clamped down upon with constant internet connection have been needed. But it's to protect the likes of this sort of thing never happening again. Exactly, uh, and unfortunately, due to Sega's mistakes, the rest of the. the gaming industry learnt from that and knew not what to do because obviously um, it, it was sad as I say it was sad that it came to an end but it's one that hopefully it's one that uh, it's a lesson that was well learnt it's one it's it is sad but I think it's interesting and there has been whispers of the possibilities um, whisper whisper um, with obviously in the past few years popularity of the Mario and Sonic franchise mm. making an absolute mint yeah and it was something about I read in a magazine somewhere that from the original Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games game uh, alone Sega made more money in I think it was six months than they'd made in the six years prior well you gotta remember that <coughs> a lot of that was them not doing anything yeah, because they weren't releasing games they and stuff. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, and then obviously you have the likes of the Sonic and the Secret Ring, Sonic and the Black Knight, you know that kind of thing. Sonic up in Nintendo, and then Sonic and uh, the new racing game that's out in all the, the formats. Yeah, exactly that. And there. it's been very popular as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the whole idea of depending on a contract with Nintendo. If the money keeps rolling in pretty well, it'd be interesting to see whether they could be tempted ever I don't think to make another console. In the current recession, I'd see it very unlikely to happen, but it'd be one of those things that, as an old gamer, you would just love to see. But Yeah, but even then, you would probably see more of a handheld thing than you would mm. a, you know... Well, that's that. Well, we've seen more of that, because we've got the likes of, you know, we've seen... The reissue of, remember, it was the mixture of the, was it the Genesis and the Mega Drive kind of came in, yeah. our work and mm-hmm. all. And then you have, you can get them in the likes of various other retailers. Um, like a wee handheld Mega Drive as well. So they have been releasing them every now and again. Yeah. But um, it's, it's kind of good to see they've been going that route. But they just need to concentrate, I think, in the meantime, creating the cash and getting a decent Sonic game out, which may happen. Yeah, it's just a case of, unfortunately, uh, <coughs> the Sonic and the Secret Rings I was really looking forward to and played it and didn't really think much of it. And the Black Knight one, what was the one you let me, Sonic Unleashed? Sonic Unleashed was I a bit of a letdown. I didn't like particularly well. like that that's, well. that's kind of been the... Um, Sonic 4 looks amazing. Yeah, that's the one that you know everybody's looking forward to. Is yeah. Because it's, it's back to the whole 16-bit style. It's 2.5D... But it sticks to the age-old formula that everybody loved with Sonic, and it's a side-scroller. Well, you look at how popular New Super Mario Brothers is. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a side-on side platform. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, nothing. It doesn't always need to be 3D to make it work. You can keep it simple and make it work. Exactly. Which is kind of something the gaming industry is missing at the minute. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go back to. Um, 
our in-depth look at uh, Sonic Adventure. Um, a key thing that kind of popped out of it and kind of a lot a lot of people considered spoiled it was having some very weird characters in it. Oh. <laughs> you know who I'm going to say, aren't you? That cat, that big the fat the cat. cat. Yeah. That was one reason, as I said, you know, it was good up to a point. I remember playing a uh, level, I cannot remember if it was the first Sonic or the second Sonic, but it was the one that had Knuckles in it. And basically what you had to do was, whenever you were near a crystal or a emerald or whatever it was, whenever you were close to it, it would flash up, and it took me two hours to find this one, and it was basically on the other side of the rock. But that fat cat was one that I hated playing as, because the levels were just so bad. If you're going to make a Sonic game, make it with Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Maybe if you want to put one of the girls in, like Amy or whatever, for mm -hmm. the female audience, fine. Don't be introducing other characters that we don't particularly want or need or care about. Yeah. Again, the whole the age-old thing of keeping it simple. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't overcomplicate things. If you're going to give you le extra levels fine but don't give it with a stupid character <laughs> um, as we mentioned obviously with the likes of the more recent games and uh, you know Sonic Unleashed and all that sort of stuff apart from Sonic's you know 16 bit roots can this be considered his best outing on a main console yeah because the other ones were just well uh, yeah if you some had potential. Some had, this had real good potential, but then I think they ruined it with the as we were talking about the other characters. But I think that if they keep a Sonic game based on Sonic and Tail, as I said, Sonic Tails and Knuckles, don't be making him into a werewolf. No, don't yeah. be uh, you know things like that. As I said, Sonic Four looks amazing because it's a Sonic game. And it'll be based on Sonic. Um, same way as whenever I buy a Mega Man game. Like Mega Man 10 was available on the Xbox Arcade. And whenever you buy a Mega Man game. You want to play as Mega Man. You don't want to play as this other dude. You want to play as Mega Man. Hence why it's called Mega Man. It's not called Mega Man and Friends. <laughs> or Sonic and Friends. See now you've said that. You're going to completely just scud that. And there's going to be something like that. Yeah. Out. It's going to have like a sitcom or something. Sonic and Friends was filmed before a live TV audience. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be quite epic. Yeah. <laughs> As he rolls his eyes at me. Um, but Sonic Adventure 2. My dad was gracious enough to buy me as for a... I think it was for Christmas or something... A 10th anniversary edition. I remember you showed me that. that was which has like a music CD, which you'll probably hear some of the music in the background. And has like a little coin and Sonic Adventure 2 game. It's only available in Japan, but I had the Sonic Adventure 2 game anyway, so I just kept the Sonic game sealed. But hmm. again, much of a muchness, some good Sonic levels, some weaker other character levels I can't really remember a whole lot about the other characters but that's because they're forgettable and that's yeah. why I can't remember them I haven't really had um, that much of a chance to see Sonic Adventure 2 but it's a case of it's the run on theme with Sonic games some good points some bad points mm. we need to plus they made it multi-format as well they did bring it out in the Gamecube as well mm -hmm. as the Dreamcast and I think they brought it out on something else 
I can't remember if they did or not, but I know it was definitely available on the GameCube and the Dreamcast. Whereas Sonic Adventure was uh, Dreamcast exclusive. Which is the way uh, things should be a bit more nowadays. Yeah, if. You know, that's all well and being, you know, Sega having made a console, so Sonic's there. Um, Nintendo same, have Mario. Uh, same way that's that. with Sega, um, whenever they've done the. the New all-star racing game Banjo Kazooie was uh, an Xbox 360 exclusive. Yes. So that was a good idea, but you need to have mascots for each console, and you would see Sonic as more of a Nintendo mascot now mm. as anything else. Whereas you know, 15 odd years ago, you wouldn't have said that. Yeah. You would never have seen Mario and Sonic. It, w- it, would've, it would've been, you know, Mario's Nintendo, Sonic yeah. is Sega. You know. There was clear cut lines. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's more Mario and Link, and then it's like you Sonic's know you, your off. Gears of War and your Halo and you know that kind That's of thing. Xbox, yeah. But then there's Sonic that even appeared in Super Smash Brothers for the Wii as well. Yeah. Um, but you would never thought of say you know whenever it came out on the N64 or the GameCube either. But that's the thing, the lines are becoming very blurred between the consoles nowadays, sure, because even in Smash Brothers, it was a big thing to have Sonic in it. Yeah. So it was, then in Smash Brothers Brawl, they ended up having Snake in it as well, so just the lines between PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo are completely just going up in the air. Yeah, I think it's more... I think it's more obviously everyone's out for money and stuff which is fine that's what businesses are for is to make money if you're not making money then you aren't a business Um, but obviously it's a case of now is let's put them in here let's go here let's go here but then sometimes you can have overkill you know so they have to they have to plan things very carefully but uh, I just hope that if they bring out another Sonic game that's not as bad as the Xbox 360 game, the very first one that came out that you didn't know where you were going in the Sonic Unleashed game. Uh, I ho- just hope they, they bring out a good one, you know, like if it's 3D, that when you could sit down and play for a good couple of hours, whereas I think Sonic 4, which being a side-scrolling platformer, will probably have more um, character than the other ones. Yeah. Considering the Dreamcast had such a short life would you consider this the most memorable game on the console? It's one of them but I think if you were to say to people what would be your favourite game on the Dreamcast a lot of people would say Shenmue Right. Um, I know a lot of people are clambering for that for like a third game and stuff for me it's up there but you know what my favourite um, Dreamcast game is one that's on the N60, or one that's on the Xbox as a download that we were talking about today. And the third one's been announced Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, yes. Yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom. My brain went absolutely dead there. I was kind of staring at my <coughs> computer screen there for a second. Sorry, Chris. Um, but, yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom, that looks pretty good. <coughs> yeah, it's just a, that would be my top one, but Sonic would be uh, probably in my top five of GameCube. Or GameCube? You're obsessed. You're obsessed, man. Of uh, Dreamcast, but it wasn't the GameCube, the second one, so technically I'm right. But the first one would be one of my top five Dreamcast. That's right, I said Dreamcast games. Dreamcast? Dreamcast? Yeah. Dreamcast? Damn it, he's rubbing off me. It's not nice. Um, Anyway, we'll stop our jibba jabba for the meantime and we'll go to the break. 
and come back with Mario, Super Mario 3. Uh, he didn't do... I was going to ask how many stars would you have given it. Oh, why does he have to go corny? I thought I was going to get away with being the corny one this episode, but he wants to do his corny thing, so I'll just shut up and let him do it. I was just going to ask how many stars you would have given Sonic, because... I know where you're going. Please, just, just put me out of my misery. Makes us invincible. No, I'm 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 away. I'm away. See you later. Okay. Uh, see you after the break, and uh, Alan will be away. Bye. With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sick is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. So hang on to your seat Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats You'll meet Koopas and Troopas, the princess and the others Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers to the Um, I should be used to doing this by myself, but uh, really with Operation Retroshock I normally have somebody. Unfortunately, um, how should I report this? Alan Price is ill, in adverted commas. Uh, I think he's just ill of me and um, decided to um, just take a sabbatical for a while with me being corny. I think it was that star that figuratively broke the camel's back and didn't really make him that invincible, but... um, I told you. I told you. I'm not doing it. I'm not going on. I'm not sick. I'm not doing this part of the show. You look sick to me. So, look. Either we do this or we don't do this. It's I'm not doing this. I'm going out the bloody room. That's fine. Go out the room. I've locked the door. It's oh. all, It's gridlocked. No, not even Sonic screwdriver would open the door. Yes. Right. What about you? <laughs> um, Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Don't want to do it. You don't? Okay. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, his heart's not in it, folks. Um, so, basically, do you like fat plumbers? <laughs> Ugh. They like Linguini and run around on, <laughs> on dinosaurs and Right, stuff. fine. If we're going to do this, do it professionally, Chris, please, for the love of God. Says the guy who threw a hissy fit about two minutes ago. I'm not doing it! I'm not doing it! I want to get out! Let me out the door! I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the viewers. Yeah, alright. Viewers? <laughs> viewers? Yeah. Listeners. Yeah. We've Listeners. got a webcam here, so... Um, why, why, I know, I get very enthusiastic. My arms go waving about the place. Yeah, we really should have a webcam. Yeah, that's why I've locked the door. I don't want you waving your hands around out there, but anyway. Wacky waving inflatable arm waving something yeah. or other. Wacky waving infl- inflatable arm tube tailing team or something. Something or like that. Yes. Uh, anyway. So let's talk about Mario. Woohoo! 
<laughs> Super Mario 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Just two speeds, fast and too fast. Fast and way too fast. <laughs> yeah, way too fast. Well, that's Mario Kart. Leave, leave that for Mario Kart <laughs> yeah. Day. Um, anticipation, because Mario was big. Literally. Yeah. Um, the anticipation that surrounded the game, and of course, the advert for the game. With all the kids go, Mario, Mario, You love the Mario. Yeah, uh, that'll probably be uh, the thing, the what we play before we actually come on here, so you've probably already heard that. Um, but yeah, that was basically the advert was whenever it panned out, it just made a face of Mario. But I remember the anticipation because, have you ever seen the film called The Wizard? Yes, you lent me it. Yeah, that was the first time that you ever got to saw, see Super Mario 3. So I remember renting it out from my local video company on VHS. I popped in my VHS like Judd Niven <laughs> at the start said. Um, <clears throat> and I basically watched it and then at the end, the wee kid, Jimmy, I think his name is, is playing Mario 3. And he, he managed to find one of the warp whistles, which is really random. <laughs> Exactly, but that was the first time I'd seen it. But my, whenever you were talking about, you know, like your mum and dad were going to do shopping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Chris's story of the day. Yep. Um, my sister went with my mum go shopping, and they, shopping. Were, they were in the shopping centre we know we work at now. And I decided not to go. I think my dad was still here, so I wasn't left home his alone. Da- his da- father isn't dead, by the way, people. Yeah. No. No. Um, but uh, in case you all panicked, whenever, whenever she went with mum, uh, they were doing the shopping. She actually got to play Mario Three before I did. Oh, but it was I get one, that. It was one of those consoles that, after about five minutes or so, it just like would restart itself. Oh, so you would play so you like, a, play like a first level. You play a couple of levels and then restart itself, and then that would be it. But um, so <laughs> yeah, I just remember getting the game um, from a toy shop in Belfast I also remember picking it up I still have it now in its box and I picked it up and somebody I traded in the first game place I worked in and uh, it had a sticker on it for a uh, local shop and I had 49.99 Great British Pounds on that it is scary scary stuff that is one thing that absolutely freaks me out when I look back and I find old games Say for be it, you know, the SNES or a GameCube or a, even PlayStation 2 games. It's the weird thing with games is the games may have been, in terms of today's, graphically rubbish. Yeah. But the prices are exactly the same as they are pretty much now. Or dear. Or dear. Let's say Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo and Curry's cost me 60 notes. That's. That's sixty uh, great British pounds, people. So about, say about a hundred and thirty dollars for thereabouts. So no doubt the Americans go, whoa! Freak out. This, of course, was the first Mario game that we got to try on some different suits. Yes. Primarily, the one that stands out being the raccoon suit, or the or the Hammer Brothers suit, or frog suit. Frog set was an awesome one, but the raccoon set, I think he pressed down an A, and he turned into a statue, so you had five seconds of invulnerability. Um, frog set also helped if you were swimming underwater, and Hammer Brothers set was just that. Instead of shooting a fireball, you threw a hammer. Um, but they were just cool sets. The raccoon set was just awesome. The raccoon set's always been one of my favourites. Yeah, raccoon and... Well, they were all good sets, but raccoon and then the frog set was really handy if you were... 
uh, doing the underwater because I think it was level two or level three was basically just all underwater. So uh-huh. if you had a frog suit, um, that was pretty much your salvation. It's the kind of thing that makes me a wee bit disappointed with <laughs> the most recent edition, you know, with New Super Mario Bros. and the Wii. Mm. They've took the suits to a silly level. You know, we had, oh, we had all the lovely original stuff in Mario 3 here, with the raccoon suit and all, but now on the Wii we have a penguin suit. But isn't it in Mario Galaxy that you turn into a bee? Yeah, you can turn into a bee as well. Yeah. It's just... It's, there's this level, which is original with the raccoon and stuff, and then there's just blowing it out of proportion, which is, again, modern games. Yeah. Don't um, keep it simple, will you? I know. Keep it simple, Nintendo. That is all we ask. Do not concentrate on your Wii Fitness. <laughs> concentrate on original games like Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong. That is what we want. Simples. 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 <laughs> uh, but of course, this there was a bit of a change up with the whole warp pipe system, and so we had a whistle. Yeah. On the pipe. Yep. So you find the whistle. I think it was level one three. You find one where you press down on a white square, and then wherever you ran, do you remember the way there was like the <coughs> zigzag thing at the end, wherever you jumped up to hit? Yes, yes, yes. You ran behind that, oh, and you got yes. one there, and I think it was level world. It was the sand world, so I think it was level world two. There was like a rock yeah. that you hit in the corner. And you had like a, you know, the way you could bring up your items. Yes, yes. You brought up a, a hammer that you won from a hammer brother, and then you go in there and you get the other war- whistle. And I think the other one was in like World Three somewhere. I think I know. If I was to put it on now, I would automatically remember where they are. But off the top of my head, I, I remember there would be three, and then you would have depending on where you warped from. If you were from level one, you would get the choice of 2, 3, 4, if you were from level 2 you got 4, 5, 6, and I think from level 6 or 7 I think you got world 8, which was a pain in the behind. Well, that's because a pain in the B suit, as it should be. A pain in the B suit. Um, another interesting thing with Super Mario 3 was another introduction. We had the Warp Whistles introduction, but this introduced more members of Bowser's family. Yeah, all the wee kids as the end of level bosses. <laughs> more of a witch there, but you get my drift. Um, I think I'm more Banjo-Kazooie. Really. Well, witch in Banjo-Kazooie, yeah. Um, but Bowser's kids, the end of level bosses in the floating ships and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so <coughs> you would find that they would kind of jump all over the place. So you either, if you had a flower set, you would like fire... Like two to the dozen. Yeah, you just keep pressing B. Blister, like, blister your fingers. Yeah, and then they would die, or you would jump on their head, and then you get the wand because a prince in the castle had been turned into like a snake or whatever. So mm. whenever you got that, you would turn them back, and then Peach would send you a letter with like, say, like a P wing, which would effectively mean that if there was a level you were stuck on, you put that suit on and you just kept hitting A to fly and it meant you were out of the screen and you didn't get hit yes, or anything. that was fantastic. Mm, that's such a good idea. Good times. Good times. Um, but it was, I remember the likes of the floating ships things, it was always running along and grabbing on the chain, wasn't it? Yeah, grabbing on the anchor, yeah, and then there was all these bullets the just bullet flying bills. over. Yeah, mm-hmm. The madness that is Bullet Bill. Yep. We love him, though, really, at no, the end of the day. I don't. He's good in the Mario Kart games, if you turn into a Bullet Bill, because then you just shoot past everybody. Yeah, not so. But you're just like, no, I'm good enough, I don't need a Bullet Bill. Yeah, I'm fine, <laughs> thanks. 
Um, very obvious question. What did we enjoy most about the game? Um, Chris, you disappointed me. No, I'm thinking because there is so much to enjoy. I don't know. I think it was just the fact that you could... Um, whenever, uh, another a great feature about it was whenever you're playing two-player. If you had... Say somebody could play level two and you were on level three. If you went up to level two and pressed A, you had the Wii Mario mini game yeah, 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 where yeah. you had like the pie thing in the middle, and then you, would, you could um, get cards off people and stuff, which was pretty fun. Uh, but for me, it was probably the the new suits and stuff. Yeah. So trying on the raccoon set for the first time, or um, you know, finding out the secrets and things like that. Um, but basically just sitting down and playing with your family I used to sit down and play with my sister or play with my dad my mum has always been fond of the Mario games so mm-hmm. it's just the fact as we were talking about with Animal Crossing you know like Nintendo just sitting it all for all ages which yeah. Mario 3 is and obviously they brought Mario 3 out on the Game Boy Advance which I have done there which I will put on later on and we will relive some have a bit of a blip on it I yeah think. exactly but um yeah, it was just a fantastic game that I thoroughly enjoyed. What funny, about yourself? The funny, the funny thing for me is... <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is oh. See, this is why I didn't want to do this segment. Um, for me, besides the suits, was it was the originality of the game and the fact of... I, it's weird saying it that the fun parts of the games were the bits you could get frustrated at. Like, so do you remember in the sand levels, like the sand pits... Oh, is that the level where like the sun's like chasing you? Yes. And then you would you have to like jump over the uh, the the sand the quicksand. Yes, the quicksand. Yes. And if you got slightly stuck in the edge, you had to keep hitting the jump button really fast to get out of the sand and all that sort of stuff. Or if you got too close to the middle, yeah, then you would be sucked down and just die and not very nice death. Well, that's true anyway. But uh, it was the first Mario game, you kind of mentioned it with the whole warp whistle, it was the first Mario game to use you know, items such as the hammers and the invisibility stars and all that. Yeah, because with, with the likes of, say, Mario 1, it would just be a case of you, um, you had a mushroom, which was fine, and then you had a flower. But this yeah. was the first time that you would that you would have like. Do you remember whenever you got to a certain part, there was like a thing that would come up like a club, and then yes. you go in and play the matching game, or whatever yeah, you got would be that. an item. So if you were fighting a hammer brother, rather than you being a small little person, mm-hmm. you'd be a small person. That's fine. But then instead of that, you would just put on a a star and make it invincible jump over hit him and then there you go as you could probably hear there ladies and gentlemen the uh, ding of the Nintendo DS is I didn't even need to blow on this to get it to work <laughs> he didn't even need to blow on the cartridge he's look, he's quite sad ladies and gentlemen he's actually holding the DS up to his microphone oh that's fantastic well you'll have heard part of this music in the background anyway but Chris is just having to play it can I play this instead of doing this? Right, no, I'm, I'm no. just going to talk while he plays Mario in the background here. <laughs> it's brilliant hearing the old music again. <laughs> okay, hey, can you stop playing games? i got World 6, World 2 and World 6. Stop playing I've got games. 54 lives and something. Stop playing. Start off. Thank you. I just wanted to show the listeners that I had. Again, show the listeners. We are very That's good at saying That's you! Show. Oh, show the viewers. <laughs> Oh, what am I doing? You know what I mean, people, don't you? Please say yes. 
<laughs> anyway, it was the best-selling game on the console. It's the console that I got with my uh, NES. I still have the box for my NES upstairs in the loft or attic for you American people. And uh, look what else is in there. Pokemon Fire Red yeah. version. Very nice. Um, Discussed in our last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, it was one of the... I think it's still... Well, from what I remember, I think it was Mario 3 Nintendogs and there was something else before Mario and Sonic at the Olympics came out. Yeah. But it was one of the top three selling games on the of all all time, like to say up to the DS anyway. Probably Mario Kart would rank up there, I'd imagine. Adjusted to inflation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was it was easy to say why it was um well sorry, see why it was the best uh, selling game on consoles and it's same for any Mario game, it just automatically sells because it is original and it is simple. Yeah, it is. And it's lovely. And we love our memories of it. Um, speaking of memories, um, we kind of mentioned it a wee bit, me, with the whole first <coughs> parts. But was there a particular moment, be it, say, completing the game, that stands out in your head? No, it wouldn't be. It would probably be... The one thing that'll stick out in my head is... One of the other things, just remembering... Um, See, this is, the, this is the fun thing in Mario, is the remembering it, as you think. There's, there was a level that was basically just on the ice. I think it was level, like, five or six, and it was a pain. Because you had two pipes. You had a pipe, and it would go down to the lower level, and you'd be on ice. And I remember getting really frustrated, as you did, on a couple <laughs> of the levels. But one of the things that the uh, princess sent you was a cloud. Oh, which yes, meant that you could bypass a level on the sole fact that you would have to complete the other level because if you didn't then your marker would go back to say yes. say you need to get past level 5 and you mm-hmm. get you use the cloud to get past to go to level 6 you don't finish level 6 then you go back to level 4 yeah. and then you have to go and do it again that was one thing that I fondly remember um, is just trying my best to get to the castle yeah. and just seeing how many lives I would chalk up and lose by being sheer frustrated <laughs> for me I always remember it was, it was the joy of getting to the castles and thinking oh yeah I've done brilliant here and then um, always somehow at certain stages just ending up in the lava and getting really frustrated and just nearly throwing my controller across the room yeah well that would be like level 8 with, with all the lava and stuff and it just being so dark and everything yeah. compared to like say the water world and the, the you know the sand or the desert world that you were talking about earlier on you know those things and then just going to the dark dreary level 8 trying to beat Bowser and stuff yeah Um, considering we have had so so many Mario games again more so being released every single day it seems nowadays (laughs) Uh, he's in virtually everything Um, would you consider this one of the best of the Mario series Yes, top three. Top three? Yeah. With One, two, three. <laughs> with Mario World and Mario 64. Mario 64 has to be up there as well. But yeah. um, I would say this would be... I would say 64 and this would be my top two, personally. Mario World and Mario 3 would be my top two. I wasn't... I wasn't as... I've played Mario 1, but it was a case of Mario 3... You played at a friend's house or something, did you? No, I didn't play at a friend's house, because I actually had the console. One console I actually had. Oh, so one console, no friends. Me, 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 me cry. <laughs> me cry. Me, me have the console. It's okay. 
But um, that is Mr. Mario. Who no doubt will revisit again in like and again. And some again. carding facility or whether he's like doing an RPG or whether he's in a different world. He fired or... an RPG? No, he was in an RPG. He didn't fire a rocket propelled grenade. He didn't, no. Now that's a weapon for the next Mario game. Rocket propelled <laughs> um, shell grenade or something like it's that. It's me, Mario. What of it? Do you want to see my missile? That sounds so dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see my wrench? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, but that is uh, the lovely Mr. Mario. Um, speaking of Mario Kart, we go from Mario's wheels to another set of wheels in our next segment. Oh, Chris isn't going to play along with Oh, me. no, well, it's okay for you to do it, but not for me. Right, that's fine. No, okay. I'm just... Oh, Sit okay, yourself. okay, whatever. I'm just... Next segment. Next segment, it could be you all by yourself anyway, because I can't participate that much. And well, but, uh, we'll, get, we'll coax you along. We'll coax you along. Um, anyway, good, good our final segment of the show is going to be part of the amazing, the original part of the amazing um, series that is Gran Turismo. Was that a film with Clint Eastwood? <laughs> See you after the break, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You know why you're here, so where were you? I told you. You don't want to change your story? No. I took a TVR Cerbera. Ran the Nissan Skyline and a Toyota Supra. That's right. And you spun the TVR. Yes! No record of a missing TVR or a crash with a Skyline or a Supra that night. Do you want to change your story? Gun to the floor! PlayStation. And welcome back from the break. We are entering tonight's final segment, and I am full of the joys of spring. Why? Because we get to talk about cars now. <laughs> oh, yay. All I know is the Subaru Impreza, and that's, well, uh, that's, the, you. that's the car I always picked at Gran Turismo because Colin McRae drove it. Oh, limited knowledge of cars. That was another game on the PS1, Colin McRae. Colin McRae, yes, yeah. very true. But enough, enough. Stop talking. Gran Turismo deserves Deserves time. I well, say. sure. I'll tell you what. I'll ask you questions then. No, since no. Since you know, Give me my laptop back. <laughs> since you did it with Animal Crossing, since you did it with Animal Crossing, I want to do it for no, Gran Turismo. my laptop. Keep it there like that. That better, okay? Fine. Fine. So, Alan, is this the best racing game on the PS3? Because for me, I particularly enjoyed Rage Racer on the PS1. No. Can we leave now? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> end of segment. Um, Very similar to Animal Crossing. Yes, <laughs> let's give it up. Bye bye. Let's give it up. Let's go. Bye. See you later. Um, for me, Gran Turismo has the series alone has been standout, but. I think when it comes to the PlayStation 1, it was, you know, PlayStation first console, them getting on with, um, getting into the world of gaming alongside Nintendo and all, and like we said earlier, you know, the Dreamcast was a bit of a failure for Sega, so they dropped out of being the main guys. Gran Turismo, as they um, promoted it, was the first ever, in their words, real driving simulator mm-hmm. that they put the effort in to make the cars seem realistic they all didn't seem like it has been considered in past racing games all the cars felt exactly the same yeah. they were different looking cars but they all drove the same and there's maybe a bit of a power difference but apart from that it was just the same driving style with all the cars that's been something that Gran Turismo was always focused on and especially with it being the first game on the PS1 it was a shock to everyone, so that's why I think I do think it has to be one of the, considered definitely up there with the best racing games on the PlayStation. Okay, so obviously this, as you know, I'm talking about Rage Racer, and Rage Racer was one where you unlocked cars. You know, once you did a certain race, you got a car. But in Gran Turismo, from my point of view, it was the first game that I played that you could actually buy cars. Yes. Now the amount of cars that would be in this are quite staggering. Huge. Yeah. So for an, uh, a complete no, no nothing about cars, <laughs> I look at these and I go, "Oh, there's a nice one or That's whatever." Pretty color. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would be, I would be a typical. I wouldn't have a clue what so what's good or what's bad or what's yeah. So it'd be situation. something that if a strategy guy was to come out, see with with say football manager, you have like a hints and tips sometimes on the internet wherever people will say here's good players so here's good cars pick these yeah. buy this buy that so what were your thoughts on the amount of cars and the amount of like manufacturers and not just manufacturers but proper manufacturers you yeah. know like of the cars it was it's like you say it was absolutely staggering because everybody had been used to again just a selection of especially with the likes of you know registration and all that sort of stuff um, a small selection of cars you could win your cars and all that but when it comes to the way we haven't we didn't have hard drives back then yeah we had an 8 megabyte or a small you know 8 megabyte memory card for PS2 days you know small internal memories you know in the older days and the like um, not as many cars as they have nowadays in Grand Turismo but for that time the sheer number was fantastic you had all the manufacturers in there, you know, you had Aston Martins, you had TVRs, this is going over Chris's head. Um, but None of Aston Martins, because if we just covered the golden eye in the last episode. Ah, uh, see, there, mm. at, least it's, at least they got you something, you know, anyway. Yeah. They didn't but have ejector seats and stuff on it. They don't have that in Gran Turismo, I'm sorry, it's not, uh, it's not fantasy, it is the real driving simulator, Chris. Poop. It's all real. Um, but you had all... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you had all the big name uh, manufacturers in there. Um, the one kind of thing that let it down a wee bit when it comes to manufacturers, because everybody was calling for it and was you know, wanting it for years throughout Gran Turismo, was the fact of Ferrari was absent. So was, Ferrari was absent from the series until basically just over a year and a bit ago when they released the whole um, the, the, the 
GT5 um, Prologue style download on the PlayStation Network, mm-hmm. and then you had GT5 Prologue. Those were the first times Ferrari had has ever appeared in the series of games, because Ferrari are so hyped up on their image, and I suppose rightfully so. Maybe that's why the game's been in development hell, then. Goodness knows, but um, I think we'll get on to that later yeah. on. So, um, obviously with me saying that I'm a complete uh, fool whenever it comes to cars, obviously you have different parts for the cars, you know, you have bits to do with suspension, bits to do with the engine, bits mm-hmm. to do with the... Drive shaft, all that. Yeah. So it's the first game that I remember buying parts for to increase the horsepower. Yeah. But then obviously you had, obviously you could buy lots of stuff. But then the faster you go, the cars not could be as responsive to things In like certain that. Certain types. Yeah. Yeah. So with me, I would go like, yeah, let's build this car up. Let's and build then this. Go flying off. And the then I go, and then I was just like, oh, there's sand. Oh, there's me into a wall. <laughs> Gravel. So. Was this the first game that you remember, like, sitting down and going, right, logistically, I need to buy this, I need to buy that, I need to buy that? The first, you know, like, as I say, it's the first game that you actually bought parts for the car. Yeah. It's, it was a case, like you say, you had, you know, all the stuff, you had tyres, you had the drivetrain, you know, you had turbos, or you had various other things that you could add to the cars. Spoilers. Um, it, it has to be, again back to Gran Turismo's style of the real driving simulator the first game getting on to you know modern history of games that allowed you to buy all these individual separate parts so you could say then it was the inspiration for like what we have now you know the need for speeds and all that sort of forces, stuff no forces no. they're now using the idea that Gran Turismo set out many moons ago now with this game but it was the it, was a case of, like I said again, with the older racing games, it all felt like they were the same cars, so it gave you that opportunity to, you know, make your car individual compared to everybody else's. Yeah, and what about the courses? Obviously, you can't have a driving game without having courses. Um, for me, I don't re- really remember a lot of it. The only course I really remember in any game is one in Ray Tracer and one in Forza, which is a Nürburgring, uh-huh. if I even said that right. Yes, no, you got it right. Well done. Nürburgring, um, yeah. They are the only ones that I actually can remember. So, your thoughts? Courses, in my opinion, when it comes to Gran Turismo, are just as important as the cars. Mm-hmm. Because they give you the feeling, you know, a feeling of difference going round the tracks you know for example there's such a huge wide range of different courses in Gran Turismo you know you've you know courses driving through what's kind of a mixture of like uh, a mountain and a forest and all that sort of stuff so it's kind of you're going between parts of the course which are sunny and then parts of the course that um, you can see sunlight trying to split through the leaves you know and that sort of stuff and it kind of adds a bit of a dynamic to a game that hadn't still a game hadn't been really experienced. Same with like the nighttime courses and stuff. Like nighttime that. courses became a big part of the Gran Turismo series, and uh, I always remember. And um, here comes another story um, that uh, when it comes to kind of my one of my favourite courses in Gran Turismo is Laguna Seca which is a course in uh, California and America. If my memory serves me correct I remember your geography time, is correct my geography is correct I know it's America I think it's California and I remember one time I think my dad had he wasn't he isn't really in 
you know, he's a big car fan, but he isn't an avid watcher of motorbike racing. Mm. And it just happened to be on the channel, and these, you know, whatever it was, I'm trying to think of, it was, it's not SBK, it was MotoGP. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking SBK because it's a game. MotoGP. MotoGP. <laughs> MotoGP is, was on the TV, and they were going around this course, and I was looking at it, and there's kind of sand and all at the side, and I was like, and I was looking at it, and I was watching them going around it, and I was, you know, mapping the corners out in my head and watching, you know, like left, right, you know, so on and so forth. And I watched, after about two laps, I was like, I recognise this course from somewhere. And I and I watched it for another minute, and then I realised, I said, that's Laguna Seca. And I said to my dad, you know, that's that, you know, that course is in Gran Turismo. You know, it's been in every Gran Turismo game. Um, and I was like, you know, I can tell you, guarantee you, what you see, I can tell you, without looking at that TV screen, you know, you know the corners, whether it's left, right, you know, right around the course, mm-hmm. the entire lap of the track. I can tell you whether they take left now or right. So I turned away and said to him, right, first corner left, second corner right, third corner right, you know, so on and so forth, the entire yeah. lap round. I'm not going to do it all because that'll take quite a while <laughs> for everybody. But then he watched a lap, and every single point was correct because of Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. So. Granchismo putting in the sheer amount of effort with their tracks has been a big part of the series um, because you get a lot of it nowadays. You hear you've seen it in episodes of Top Gear here in the UK, which can be seen in BBC America. They're going to do a US Top Gear as well. In the and isn't future. some episodes going to be in Gran Turismo Five as well? Yeah, Top Gear episodes are going to be in Gran Turismo Five when it eventually gets released. <laughs> um, of the Top Gear guys um, have featured Gran Turismo in their episodes because speaking of Laguna Seca Jeremy did a lap in I think it was it was Gran Turismo 3 on the PS2 and uh, in the um, he did a lap on the computer and then said well I'm going to go and get the exact same car and go to Laguna Seca and see if I can beat my lap time or get close to it (laughs) and the thing was and he described it as as accurate as these guys tried to be on Gran Turismo, they can only get to a certain degree. Because there is a difference between having the balls on a computer where there's a reset button. Yeah. And in real life, because the key point in Laguna Seca is do you remember the big kind of S bend on the dipping hill that's really, really steep? And you can just go flying off into the tires? Uh I'm getting vaguely, vaguely. I'm getting things from Forza and stuff as well. Uh, so like you know, all meshes in but, the one. Um, anybody who's played Gran Turismo know the part of mean. It's he says it's a completely different kettle of fish if you drive up to that in Gran Turismo in the actual game. You're just like, yeah, I'll accelerate to the last minute and then brake really hard. He says, but you can't accelerate and brake at the same time in real life, so you'll end up just killing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think he ended up like ten to fifteen seconds off his lap time in Gran Turismo because of real life, you know, <laughs> limitations. And it was done as well. They did the Nurburgring and there was guys saying, Oh yeah, I played it in Gran Turismo before I got here and then I crashed my car in real life. <laughs> and that went well for them. But yeah, that's the sort of degree the courses go for, so I'll let us move on, not get any more boring with courses. Okay, so apart from the Super Impreza, which is obviously the best <laughs> car in the game, because it's the only car I know, uh, what for you would be if you were to sit down and play the game today, and um, you were to pick a car to mm. start off with, what car would be the best one to go for? Well, 
Is this with the starter money or is this with <coughs> limited money? Right, pick your starter car and then pick your ultimate car. Then starter cars for me usually were along the lines of I would always end up going for usually like it was a Nissan or something like that. So it was kind of it wouldn't be a Skyline because you didn't have the money at that stage. But it was kind of a fast enough Nissan. Um, but I would build up my money. You know, I would always race the same race, build up plenty of money, and then buy myself a car really fancied, so maybe be in the Sun Skyline or something like that. Mm. I've always been a kind of fan of the um, Skyline, you know, the Skyline from Too Fast, Too Furious, that Paul Walker drives the silver one. That yeah. style of Skyline. See, <laughs> this is what you get, ladies and gentlemen, for working with someone that knows absolutely nothing about what a car is or what a car's name is. No, uh, and there's no cars in Animal Crossing, there's only trains. <laughs> there's only trains. There is a taxi on the DS version, though. Um, but Skyline has to be up there with one of my favourite cars. Um, Subaru Impreza is good for your kind of, um, not beginning, but um, kind of early middle part of the game, because... Mm. It's one that, again, when you talk about um, the parts and building up the parts, it's one you can take from still being a reasonably fast car for that stage of the game, but when you push on, it becomes a wee bit limited. You can power it up yeah. and still use it. It's that sort mm. of. It has very long life. Uh, but for me, kind of favorite car would be a Skyline. But in the later games, and anybody who knows Gran Turismo, um, there was a car that was considered the ultimate car in the Gran Turismo games and that was it's called the Escudo Pikes Peak um, there's what's called it's the Pikes Peak Hill Climb in America where it's just like any normal hill climb in the rest of the world where a whole group of guys with their cars get together and whoever can get to the top of the hills the fastest mm-hmm. only Pikes Peak's you know, biggest deal of a hill climb in the world and that mixtures tarmac, it mixtures dirt you know, the bikes go on it everybody goes on it, but this car was, <laughs> it was made out of uh, it was an old Suzuki Terios I think, but this car Someone asked me to agree with you, I have no this idea. car, <clears throat> the way they did it up for uh, the hill climb, it had wings sprouting out everywhere, you know, out of the flipping quarter panels, all that sort of side of the doors and then it had the hugest wing in the back of it, and it was bright red. And this thing was kind of, it would be considered the predecessor to like, the Bugatti Veyron for horsepower. Mm-hmm. You know, it had pretty close to a thousand brake horsepower for this hill climb. You know, out of an old style wee Jeep that originally came from to have a thousand horsepower, it was the ultimate car in the game, in my opinion. Okay. So, Gran Turismo, obviously, Gran Turismo 2 followed. Uh, came out in the PS1, Gran Turismo 3, uh, then Gran Turismo Prologue, Gran Turismo 4. Um, so with Gran Turismo 2, do you think it elevated the series? Now, I remember in Gran Turismo 3, there was the licenses. I, I can't remember if it yeah. was featured in the first two. But there was the rally license. Now, that was the only license that I could get that my mate, who got every other license, couldn't get. Really? Yeah, because I use the Super Impressive, so <laughs> I was able to fly around the corners and stuff. But um, d- uh, what was the main difference between the second Gran Turismo and the first one, bar the fact that it came in two discs, which I remember? <laughs> well, the main difference is that it can be said for not only you know Gran Turismo and Gran Turismo 2, uh, 
be said for any Gran Turismo game moving on to the next one is the sheer step forward Fulfany Digital takes per game is astounding because as we all know with the recent aspect of things and the time span that there's been between 4 and 5 they take so much time over each game mm-hmm. and put so much effort into, into it with the whole making the cars feel like they are in real life improving the graphics getting more cor- getting more courses getting more cars the gap just improves from 1 to 2 and I think the gap was so significant more so between 2 and 3 yeah because that the sheer improvement on graphics between the PS1 and the PS2 mm-hmm. just made everybody's mouths drop so it is and uh, now with everybody awaiting Gran Turismo 5 that's you know a case of what can we expect but we'll talk about that in a wee moment anyway okay so with Gran Turismo uh, obviously we're talking about you know it was the first game that you actually got the parts and you were building the parts under the car and obviously stuff like that so would that be the main reason why we have games say like the need for speeds and more more recently the likes of the Forza Motorsport which came out in the Xbox and the PS or the Xbox 360 as well do you think if Gran Turismo wasn't around we wouldn't have those kind of games it's hard to say I would think that we'd have had these sort of games around eventually but I think if Gran Turismo hadn't initially came out it wouldn't have pushed the boundaries for other companies to consider. Yeah, we should do a game like that. We should incorporate these features that make it a bit more real. Um, Need for Speed, not as real as everything, but it still has all the options of the parts and that. Mm. But it's specifically, like you said, the Forza games and probably a bit of the PGR games. Yeah, PGR is more an arcade yeah. kind of racer than but the Forza. Forza, Forza is considered nowadays for Xbox the Xbox is Gran Turismo yeah. mm-hmm. and you know having an Xbox as well as a Playstation I've played Forza it's the thing that's kind of you know if I need a current generation racing game to keep me going in the huge wait for a GT5 um, it really is enjoyable so it does and it does give you know Gran Turismo a run for its money so you expect a lot from the next one but Forza took it to a new step and I think the thing that is annoying everybody is with Gran Turismo diehards is how can Forza have done this so quickly Mm. in comparison to Gran Turismo how could have they got the formula right and be able to pump the games out at a far faster well, I mean, has Gran Turismo 5 be, was announced whenever the PS3 first came out? Yeah, sure, there was rumours that it was going to flip and come out, like, you know, six months out after the actual PS3 came out in the first place, and the PS3 came out in April 2007 in the UK. Mm, but then you have the things of whenever they said that was certain racing games, say like Formula 1, that you could use the PSP as your rear view mirror. Like but anybody ever used that? But then I don't think that I was actually incorporated in any game. Yeah. So, obviously... With Gran Turismo 5 and the most, uh, you get the the words highly anticipated. Yeah, a and, lot. A and lot I think it's uh, very safe to say that Gran Turismo 5 is highly anticipated. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Oh my goodness, I cannot wait. But please hurry the hell up. Thank you. Please bye. Um, no, really. Um, you'll agree with me when it comes to the terms of a racing game that people are wanting and people, customers that are coming up to us in work, I think there's nearly at times 
where a shift doesn't go by, that one person at least doesn't say, is there any word about that Gran Turismo? Something like I that. I have a perfect um, way to sum this up. Mm-hmm. Gran Turismo 5 is PS3's answered Alan Wake. Mm. That's, that is very that is very true, because Alan Wake's been in development for five years, Gran Turismo's been in development a similar sort of length of yeah. time. Um, I think it's good and all that the guys at Fulfony Digital put in such an amount of effort to make the perfect game when it comes to... They want the perfect driving game. They want to stick to their tagline released when the first game came out, the real driving simulator. Not just a driving simulator. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make a driving simulator. But for it to be as real as humanly possible, they put the <coughs> effort in and it is a job on their development team I would just love is the fact that see when they get ready when they're you know in pre-production for the next Grand Trismos they all go out and the guys at Fulfony Digital have just hired out a vast majority of the cars that are going to be in that game they've contacted the manufacturer and said we want you know you know if you take say um, Aston Martin for example and say we want in the next Grand Turismo, we want the DB7, we want the DB9, we want the Vantage, you know, this, that. Oh, another um, DB9, that's what those uh, car I used to use. Uh, they want, you know, we want all these certain cars from your line to be in our game. Can we borrow them? <laughs> Simple as that, can we borrow them? And Aston Martin, like, yeah, why not? And so Aston Martin ship a DB7, a DB9, or a Vantage, or whatever, over to them, and they just have a track day. Mm-hmm. And all the developers on their computer get to drive around in the car, so they can get, you know, they can learn the feel. So they know when they're programming that game, what that car, whether it understeers or oversteers or whatever. It's plus just the that fact, sort of plus the fact that it's basically free publicity. Yeah, for, for the manufacturers, for the manufacturers, without Which having again, to do anything. You know, why is Ferrari held off for so long with not getting their name in this game? Um, but it is a case of Gran Turismo Five. We've been waiting so, so long, and again, our release schedule has no date in there. It says, to be confirmed, 2010. Mm-hmm. But how many times has that has Gran Turismo 5 been in our folder? It's had a date, and it's came and gone with no notice to us. No notice. No, yeah. it, nothing. It's not been, no delay notice, no anything. It's We've had people coming in and saying, it's meant to be out in like seven days' time, but we've heard nothing. Mm. Do you think maybe at E3, whenever... Obviously, announced a lot of games. You know, say like a couple of days ago, Gears of War Three was announced. Yeah. Do you think at that time, if they don't do it, you know, like a lot of people may give off think about it? It would be worrying. It would be worrying because customers I speak to now in work, or you know, when they say, you know, geez, have a date for Grand Turismo yet? And I say, nope, still waiting. And I explain them, I'm waiting for it as much as they are, and the look on some people's faces is just like really yeah. are we still waiting you know and people are getting frustrated so I think it, it is you say if E3 happens and Fulfany Digital don't have something big to pull out the bag then all hell's going to break loose if they come and say if they don't come to E3 and say okay it's going to be out for Christmas then I think it's, it's I fear that the longer the take the more people will start to forget. True. And then it won't go as well, and then it may come to an end. But hopefully not. Grand Turismo 5 is meant to be getting the most um, cars 
ever in a game. Absolutely, even oh great, it would put, confuse me even more. It would put Gran Turismo, put Gran Turismo one to shame. I think they said something about it's going to have more cars in the game than Gran Turismo's one, three, four combined. So that's a big, big number because primarily we have hard drives now, so yeah. we can put them on the hard drive. But I look forward to seeing what cars we'll have, what graphics we'll have, what courses we'll have. Um, it's just a case of me playing the patient waiting game as well as everybody. So before we uh, wrap up the show, you're just your final thoughts on Gran Turismo? It is the best racing game out there, in my opinion. It has competitors that are getting closer and closer each time, so they need to hurry up, get it out, and uh, if it takes them releasing it a wee bit earlier by, uh, you know, running a few updates in the coming months after it, mm. so be it. But get it out, get it into people's homes, get it back in people's minds. Just continue to make it the best driving game out there, and I'll be a happy man. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap up now after Alan's hit Top Gear. Top that, Gear, thank uh, you. With that there, so uh, I'll just pass it back to you, Alan, to wrap up. Why, thank you, Christopher. No problem. Sir. Thank you, thank you. But um, I think that was a very, um, it was a good wee show. We had a bit of, you know, comparisons there. You'll have obviously figured out <coughs> in the running of the show, you know, Animal Crossing was Chris's big thing, Gran Turismo was my big thing there. But then we had the nice, you know, mixture of Sonic and Mario in the middle where we both both knew a lot about yep. the two games anyway. Um, I'm enjoying the way we're focusing on our games and I think it is going well. I think everybody would agree. Um, we'd like to see you know, we'd like to hear everybody's opinion of what they how they feel, you know, the game shows are going in the PC and forums mm-hmm. and, you know, even comment you know, be it our Podbean or whatever, or even on iTunes. Exactly. Drop, yeah. a, drop us a comment. Let us know. Yeah. Because we're enjoying it. We want to know if you're enjoying it. Yeah. Just uh, as we've said, join the Pop Culture Network forums. Um, post in there. You will have a thread up whenever we're releasing the episode. We'll have a different thread to say, well, "Here's three games. Uh, vote for one. Whatever ones. Uh, whatever two. Get the most votes. We will cover." Uh, on the next episode I uh, want your voicemails so as we've said time and time again you can send us mp3 files no matter, no matter how silly yeah at ventoman at popculturenetwork.com or Alan Price at popculturenetwork.com or even uh, via Skype if you're on Skype uh, just uh, type in add contact vento316 uh, yeah don't, don't, don't add me I don't want to um, I, <laughs> I don't mean that I don't mean that it's just he has recording software yeah uh, send me a voicemail and uh, we'll play it on the show in between our breaks um, obviously we want to thank our awesome friend Matt Howlett for our music and Ooh, Matt Howlett yeah and the continued support from Pop Culture Network and all the people on the forums who always comment on our um, podcast and uh, just things like that you know like you guys obviously help make the show but we want more involved we want more yep more yep. more okay come down as Triple H once said it's time to play the game so it's time to play the game by actually participating and sending us voicemails as we've said we want like stories even if you've had a story about you beating somebody in Street Fighter or whether you've you know um, an early memory of your first 
childhood game. Or when or you got frustrated and say threw a controller across the room. First gaming somebody, like that. first gaming T-shirt or something like that. Just send absolutely anything. Yeah, absolutely anything related to games. Send it to us, and we shall play it on the show. So, uh, do you have anything else with the cover on before we uh, wrap it up? No, I'd actually like to wrap it up with a nice bow right now. If that's if that's okay with you. Bow tie sucks. Bow tie? Yeah. Okay. Enough. Enough. Fine. Time to say our goodbyes. And um, unfortunately, we're not going to have a Jerry Springer um, final thought. Or uh, morale from Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. <sighs> you know there was a Masters of the Universe game on the Game Boy Advance and PS2. I think we should cover Shut that. Shut up. Now. Not listening. Uh-huh. Not listening. Not listening. Okay. That's got to be one of the top three to choose from. <laughs> oh, that is one reason why I'm happy we've switched to games, because there's less chance of Masters of the Universe being on this show. Ha ha ha! Chris, you shouldn't have agreed to this. It's okay. Just uh, listen to Masters of the Universe Chronicles. Over 10,000 10, subscribers. Bleep! Bleep! <laughs> Did you beat the bleep? No. I beat you. Okay. Well, everybody, um, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we've been a wee bit hyper, this one. So... Please forgive us and... Uh, hey, luckily. it's better us being hyper than just sitting here all... Hello and welcome. And, uh, do you like this here? Good, goodness sake, do you think all the guys at Pop Culture Network are not tripping on Skittles and stuff? Tripping on Skittles, yeah. I like it. I think that's what's happening. Oh, well, it's better than wearing clown shoes. Oh, snap! <laughs> I'm gonna You'll be him. wearing my clown shoes soon whenever they meet your ass. Oh, dear. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, before I get beat, I'm going to run away now, and uh, I bid you adieu. I have been Alan Price. Yeah, I've been Chris Vint. Take care, and we will see you when episode six is ready. Well, we'll not actually see you, but uh, they'll hear us. They'll hear us? Yeah. Unless they're dead. Mm. Um, bye.